श्री कृष्णा श्री कृष्णा श्री कृष्णा श्री कृष्णा गुरुर्ब्रह्मा गुरुर्विष्णु गुरुर्देव महेश्वर गुरु साक्षात परम ब्रह्म तस्म श्री गुरवे नम तस्म श्री गुरवे Normally, tapasya is understood that we invite problems in our life. <coughs> For example, we go to the forest and live there in all difficult conditions. Or else, we keep the fire in front of us and the sun on the back. and during the summer days we expose ourselves to the heat or we don't take food for days together and we imagine we are doing tapasya so what is the meaning of tapasya even if the problems come we don't react so when it is cold we don't put on clothes and yet we don't complain thus we are inviting the problems and not getting influenced by the problems so what we have to do now a simple technique don't go to the forest to create problems for you remain at home and be happy you will have homemade problems so you are with your wife with your children with your husband and yet we are not disturbed this is what is called as the real spiritual practice or tapasya therefore tapasya doesn't mean we have to create problem for us no and this will lead to the discovery of confidence a person who doesn't have self confidence can achieve nothing in life <coughs> therefore let us be very clear tapasya means two things confidence and independence thereafter we go to the next step after tapasya is over then we come to swadhyaya swadhyaya has two meanings one meaning is we study scriptures like bhagavad gita every day what normally happens if you see in our life <coughs> suppose i have taken let us take a lot of onion and garlic and then i get belching the belching will not have the fragrance of some good smell because whatever i have eaten that type only smell will come if this is clear now we go to the next if i am exposing myself to all the worldly thoughts like the politicians are corrupt the weather is getting very bad there are many accidents happening in the world and there are terrorist attacks everywhere and then there are many suicides happening so this kind of food when we give to our mind what will be the thinking process the thinking process will be how to stop that <coughs> and the very purpose for what we are here is forgotten 
therefore my dear friends we have to give good food to the mind like for the gross body there is a gross food in the same manner for the mind the food is that of thoughts what kind of thoughts we give to the mind i'll just give you two examples first example he is very bad oh i was going and they have killed one man in front of me and then they have torn his body into pieces and all other people were watching that now see what has happened to your mind now other example i went to a garden there were beautiful flowers everywhere the birds were chirping there was peace small children were playing now see what has happened to your mind so we have to give healthy food to the mind and where from the healthy food for the mind will come from the study of scriptures like bhagavad gita or the stories of the great masters when we listen to the stories of the great masters we feel yes we can do it don't get carried away by god oh god is love god is compassion it is useless for us we cannot be like bhagwan krishna we cannot be like lord jesus don't forget we are human beings then we want someone who is rather who was like us but then he has grown spiritually and therefore the real swadhyaya is in addition to studying the scriptures study the life stories of great masters and then we feel yes if he could do i can also do it but if we start imagining oh lord jesus was crucified but he did not say a bad word for us somebody says hey you shut up we get angry so let us not run after these great great gods and incarnations let us find out somebody like us who lived in the same world who is our contemporary and who is going through the same problems as we are going and yet he or she is at peace with himself or herself then we can think yes this is possible this is one part of the swadhyaya now the second part is we have to study our mind now what are the things that we have to look into our mind and what we look we only complain about the mind there was one man who went to a psychiatrist and he said sir my mind is very disturbed and then he said you take this medicine he said i have taken that medicine it didn't help he said okay you take some drinks whiskey or something he said i have tried that it doesn't help 
then you go and see the movies oh i tried that but the mind is still disturbed then he said go and take sleeping pills and sleep he said i can't sleep then ultimately the doctor told see there is one program going on in brasilia and the program is about the jokes told by a man and he is a motivational speaker and therefore you go and listen to him maybe it will help you so that man said my dear doctor that motivational speaker i am so he was able to help everybody but when it comes to himself he is a total failure my friends we have to stop first complaining about the mind then start working what are our problems too many thoughts and the mind is disturbed so instead of complaining let us find out how the thoughts are born now let us take some day to day example one day i was going somewhere and there was a lot of mud when i was going to a temple and i was barefooted no shoes and somewhere one thorn has gone in my foot and it was so muddy i could do nothing and that somehow i came out wash my feet and then i forgot about that something is gone in my foot and after 2 3 days then the foot started giving pain then i went to the doctor i say hey doctor see what is wrong is giving too much of pain so the doctor checked my foot and he saw there was one point where there was inflammation and that area has become red and it has become very tender it was very painful it was swollen and there was first formation so the doctor said there is some foreign body has gone in your foot unless we remove it you can't be cured so i said okay do whatever you like then he used some instrument and removed the thorn from my foot i said now what i have to do he said just wait you can do nothing it will be a natural healing process your foot will be cured if this example is clear now come to the mind when the foreign body has gone to the foot there was inflammation and pain exactly the foreign body enters the mind and the mind becomes inflamed and painful that is called as a thought that is called as a desire no this we understand a grass thorn growing in a grass food we understand but how the things understand in the mind entry of things in our mind is like our entry in the mirror do we enter the mirror but we do we do see ourselves inside the mirror 
So what is that entry? It is an entry without entrance. Exactly the same way the world enters in our mind. And when the world enters our mind, we become inflamed and painful. For example, I have great liking for a cup of tea. And I want a cup of tea in the morning. So what has happened? I have given importance to the cup of tea in the morning at 4 o'clock. And slowly the mind has developed that habit. So when in the morning it is 4 o'clock, that object which has entered my mind, and what was the object? Uh, the importance for a cup of tea. And then the mind will start thinking about tea, 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 tea. And then the mind will be disturbed. Then what do I do? I remove the cup of tea from my mind. How do I do that? I get a cup of tea and take a sip. Aha! So what is the thought? When we give importance to anything or anybody, because of that, the mind gets disturbed. The disturbed mind is because we have given importance to something or somebody. Is anybody born with a cigarette in the mouth and a lighter in the hand? How do we start smoking? When the students, they go to the college, they are made fun by the others. Hey, you don't smoke, you stupid. Now that student say, okay, I will teach you, I will start doing my sadhana. So he takes the first cigarette and the smoke comes from the mouth and the nose and the eyes and the ears and the whole body and all others laugh at him. Then he makes that as a prestige issue. Okay, I'll teach you how I can smoke. And then slowly, slowly he does practice smoking, one cigarette, second cigarette, third cigarette. And thereafter he becomes expert in smoking. And so he shows the other students in front of him. He will take the cigarette in his mouth and bring the Akhanda Mandalakaram Vyaptam Yenacharajaram. And then without the cigarette he cannot live. So he becomes a victim for that cigarette. This is how the desires are born in our mind. So how the world enters in our mind? Because we have given importance to something. For example, we give importance to cleanliness. Then wherever we will go, we will be miserable because dirt will be everywhere. We give importance to punctuality. We, people should be right on time. And then that funny person comes to Brasilia. And he was told, it is at 9 o'clock. And that fool is waiting from 9 o'clock till evening 9 o'clock. And the person who was supposed to come, he never comes. 
and this man becomes angry and the other people are cool swamiji why are you disturbed no but you told me he is coming at 9 o'clock he didn't come never mind he may come tomorrow so because i have given importance to the time i am suffering therefore when you are in rome be like romans and when you are in brazil like brazilians you will never be miserable therefore never allow anything in this world to enter our mind by giving any value to that we have given value nobody has given for us therefore swadhyaya means observe how the thoughts are born and then we will come to know we have given importance to something therefore the thoughts are born and then we go on complaining now the second thing to learn about the mind this is another important principle to know thoughts cannot come without a reference so when i am a husband thoughts will be about the wife when i am a mother thoughts will be about the child when i am a professor the thoughts will be about the teaching when i am a cook the thoughts will be about cutting the vegetable and if i am nobody like in deep sleep no thoughts so what we have to learn instead of complaining about the mind and thoughts go at the root of every thought and then you will come to discover thoughts are coming to somebody like without the seed a plant cannot grow in the same manner unless there is somebody thoughts cannot come and therefore when we are living anywhere this one principle should be strictly followed wherever we are whatever we are whenever we are be 100% percent so when i am here i must be here fully this practice is called as swadhyaya this is called as living in meditation but normally what happens with our mind our mind is constantly running from place to place time to time and object to object so to bring this mind under proper control one practice can be tried before before we take up any job our mind should be at peace when the job is being done that time mind should not be excited and when the job is over the mind should remain at peace if this is taken care of consciously then we are practicing swadhyaya so we have seen 
शौच सतोष तपस एंड स्वाध्याय नाउ द लास्ट प्रिंसिपल इज ईश्वर प्रणिधान नाउ लेट इज ट्राई टू अंडरस्टैंड वॉट इज द ईश्वर और द गॉड एंड वॉट इज द सरेंडर टू द गॉड Now be very attentive. In this group, there are two of us. One is I, as an individual, and second is we are all together as one group. So this I individual. if he is demanding everything separate from others then he or she will be a problem to himself and problem to everybody but if i sacrifice my individuality and merge with the totality then there is no problem This is called as Ishwar Pradhan. Never demand anything special or extraordinary for yourself. Real spiritual practice is not becoming extraordinary, but remaining ordinary. The day we become extraordinary, we are. a black sheep in a white flock we should be like the water and not like the ice cube without the water there cannot be ice cube but the water can remain without becoming ice cube in the same manner we are all together as a group is a joy but if i start insisting something separate always for me then the samsara begins therefore ishwara pradhan means do not label yourself as someone extraordinary than others and this is what you must be seeing in the world particularly in the religious or spiritual world the swamis are considered as someone extraordinary and therefore these devotees spoil the swami and then if the swami start demanding something then they say oh see how much he is asking i remember i went to somebody's place for taking food and uh, i finished my food and the person told me she said swami ji your diet has gone down i said that means you were earlier counting how much i was eating otherwise how will you know that my diet is reduced and therefore let us not remain extraordinary let us remain simple same with everyone but what happens with us when i am in front of a child i become a grown up person and then what do i do whatever the child does is wrong so if the child is sitting we say come on get up and if the child is standing hey sit down because i am big and the child is small the real ishwara pranidhana is be a child like with a child 
be a Coca-Cola brand with the teenagers, be a frustrated one in the old man, but actually be yourself. Then alone, our individuality is dissolved in the totality. This is Ishwara Pradhan. So these five principles of Niyama help us that we are no more a problem for ourselves. So two things we have seen so far. We are living in this world outside and we are living with ourselves inside. And the problems come to us from both the sides. World is a problem outside and we are a problem inside. So we have to clearly work on this. Neither the world is a problem for us, nor we are a problem for us. If this is not practiced at all, and we come to the third step, asana. And in for, for, for us, what is asana? Only twisting the body. The real asana, according to Patanjali, is sthira sukham, asanam. Now see what has happened if we practice yama and niyama. World is not a problem for us, we are not a problem for them, therefore we are at peace. Now niyam. The, we are not a problem for us, nor we are a problem for others. Net result, we are at peace. From here, the real asana begins. And there, Patanjali says, how this can be achieved? Now, the technique according to Patanjali is, Prayatna Shaitilya Ananta Samapati Bhyam means minimum efforts in life. Whenever we put efforts, we are going the wrong way. For example, if somebody is hard of hearing, cannot hear properly, then he will have to put lot of efforts to listen. And because of lot of efforts, you will get tired. And when you get tired, you get angry. And you become frustrated. But if you are normal in your hearing ability, then you don't have to put any efforts. You are listening effortlessly. Because you are normal. So what is asana? Naturally we are all blissful. We don't have to seek happiness. That is our essential nature. Now why this essential nature is covered? Because the strong eye, like the ice cube wants to keep his personality and doesn't want to merge with the waters. Exactly the same way, those people who are living a very small little egoistic life, they can never be happy. Therefore, what is the asana? Living 24-7 dynamically without ego. 
how important it is. Then how can this ego be dissolved? We all do it. And that we experience in deep sleep. In deep sleep we are nobody, therefore no ego. So when we are in deep sleep, somebody abuses us, you fool, snoring like a pig. But because we don't identify with the body, we don't get hurt. But if we are awake like now, and if somebody says something to us, how angry we become? And therefore, it is necessary, the real asana is, don't get hurt, don't get frustrated, don't become miserable for anything in the whole universe. Many people have that funny thing, you know, oh, when I see the poor people out of compassion, I feel so miserable for them. They are the fools of the highest order. Never have compassion for anybody. Do you know what is compassion? Suppose uh, Jagan has compassion for me. Oh, poor Swami, he doesn't have socks and he is walking in the cold. I feel very bad for him. Why he is feeling bad? Because he has the socks and he is superior and poor Swami is inferior. Whenever we have compassion, we look down upon the other person. You see, all these NGOs who are so-called serving the poor people, do you think they serve with love and affection? And then they are searching for the miserable people, because if they don't see miserable people, they become miserable. Therefore, let us remove the wrong thing from our mind, compassion, compassion. Then what is to be done? Serve. When you serve somebody, see what is happening in your mind. And when you have compassion, what is happening to your mind? So when we have compassion, we look down upon that person. And when we serve somebody, we see something higher in him. We don't have compassion for God. We serve God. Otherwise, we can have maximum compassion for God. Poor God, he created this world, but nobody respects him. I feel very pity for poor God. Therefore, if we have to, we must serve. That is the only way to get out of this funny thing called as doing the twisting of the body as asana. Do all this twisting body that is necessary, but that is not the real meaning of yoga. Real meaning of yoga, according to Bhagwan Krishna, is when the miseries come, you refuse to be miserable. Many people have got this funny question they ask us. 
When we have problem, we go to doctor. And after we get cured, we don't go to the doctor. So when we take yoga as a medicine, people will do, they will come. But after they are through, why should they come again? But this they don't understand and then they feel frustrated. How this I am telling you is from Germany. This happened in Stuttgart. There was one lady with whom I was staying for a retreat like ours. And on the third day she was little down and sitting very frustrated mood. Then I asked her, I said, Mama, what is the problem? She said, Swamiji, you can catch very quickly. I said, you don't have to tell, don't tell. I am just casually asking. I am not interested to know your problem or to solve your problem. I am here to create problems for you. See what is happening. We are not getting sufficient number of students to run our yoga studio. Now my worry is how to run this studio without sufficient funds. And she continued her story. She said, I was the first to bring yoga in Germany 30 years before. And then I started teaching yoga to the students in my studio. Each batch used to be 20 students. And after the um, course is over, we used to give them a certificate. Now, this student is a qualified yoga teacher. Then that yoga, that student will go to different place. He will start his own studio. Then he will also do the same thing what I have done and taught him. Then he will also give the certificate, yoga teacher certificate. Then those students will go again out. Those students will go out. And again they will start their studio. And he said, now the condition has come. In Germany there are more yoga teachers and no student. So I am so frustrated what to do. I said, where did you learn yoga? You learned in India. So you import students from India. Yoga is not for earning bread. Yoga is a spiritual practice. But we have this funny notion that I will open yoga studio and help the world. It is spiritual practice for our evolution. Another example. One lady after having attended my retreat told me 
Swamiji, I want your guidance and advice. She said, I am extremely inspired by yoga, so I have thought about this. Please tell me, is it right or wrong? Then she told her story. I am working in a broadcast studio. So I am an anchor for some program. So I am thinking to resign the job and start my yoga studio and teach yoga. I said, how much you are getting the salary there? She said, I am getting about um, um, 100,000 euro per year. I said, when you start a yoga studio, how much will you get? I may be able to get little less, but I will get something. And tell me, are you going to do yoga 24 hours a day? What will you do rest of the day? On the contrary, don't resign your job. And teach yoga free. Don't make yoga as a bread earning business. When we go the wrong way, we will never be benefited in life. Therefore, friends, yoga is not only asana, but sthira sukham asanam. <laughs> this knowledge has come from the Lord and through the Guru it has come to us free. How can you expect to make money out of it? And if this is not understood, then we will start making different types of yogas. Use any word and add yoga, it becomes a yoga. I was in USA and after my retreat, there was one American girl, she came and gave me her visiting card. And I read her card, uh, some name and then yoga under tree specialist. I read it and kept it in my pocket and she asked me, Swamiji, do you teach yoga? I said, yes. Then I said, uh, what is your, uh, she asked me, what is your yoga? I said, my yoga is yoga on the tree. <laughs> yoga, this is yoga or cartoons of yoga. Therefore, yama, niyama, asana, if we practice this perfectly well, you have done a great yoga practice. You may not like it, but I'll tell you the truth. 99% yoga is only a business. And anything which can be converted into industry is always popular in America. You can see the yoga industry in USA. There are yoga mattresses, then yoga bricks, and then the cover for the yoga mattress, and then the different malas, 
and various yoga accessories. It is like a fashion accessories, yoga accessories. That poor Patanjali must be turning in his grave. Come on, I never meant it. Therefore, when we are practicing yoga, first we should live in this world such a way that we are not a problem to anybody, we don't take anybody as a problem. We must not be a problem to ourselves if we are self-disciplined. Whenever discipline is self-imposed, it is a freedom. When the discipline is imposed on us, it is a bondage. That is Niyama. Then comes this asana. We are at peace with ourselves under all conditions because we don't consider ourselves to be some extraordinary than others. Therefore, less of I and more of we. After this we have reached, then the next step comes in the yoga as the pranayama. Now I will tell you the basics about pranayama, why pranayama is done. It is something like this. We have, here you don't have, but in India we have a cow as one of the members of the family. You won't see it in the big cities, but in the villages you do see. So the people are staying in their house and outside the house there is a thatched shed, there the cows are kept. And the cows are respected, revered like the human beings. And what for the cows are kept? The cows are kept for milk. But out of that cow, you also get cow dung and urine, which is a good manure. Nobody keeps the cows for cow dung and urine. Exactly the same way, yoga is for the spiritual practice, pranayama is for the spiritual practice, and health is a byproduct like a cow dung. But instead of that, we only talk about if you do this pranayama, your asthma will go. If you do this pranayama, your blood pressure will come down. If you do this pranayama, your blood pressure will increase. And thus, this great spiritual practice is reduced as a medicine. Therefore, we have to clearly learn and understand what exactly is pranayama meant for. So, the basics I'll tell you first. Our life and the problems of our life begin after we are identified with the body. And we can do nothing about it. Like, before the mirror, anything comes, there will be reflection. You cannot do anything about the reflection, it will be there. Exactly the same way, 
you cannot live without body identification. Like I am talking to you, I am talking to you through the body. You are listening because you are identified with the body. So you can't get rid of it. Then what is to be done? We have to remember, am I living as the body or am I living in the body, someone other than the body? When I will start living as the body, my whole life will be only living for the body, by the body, on everybody. And the whole life is spent only body, body, body. That is not the purpose of pranayama. Pranayama is done for helping us separate the mind and the body under a specific condition. Mind and the body are separated under three conditions. The mind and the body are separated in ignorance as in deep sleep. So in deep sleep we are not identified with the body but we are still there. Therefore, our existence is independent of body identification. Now, the second time we get disidentified from the body is under compulsion. And that is called as death or the coma. So, Neither we have to sleep in meditation, nor we have to die or go in coma under the meaning of meditation. Then what is uh, the third option? Third option is we are functioning through the body, but we are no more living as the body. Like I am talking to you through the mic, but the mic is not talking to you. In the same manner, the embodied is someone different from the body. This we have to recognize and understand. It is for this purpose, pranayama is practiced to help us separate the body and the mind identification without going to sleep and without death. You must have seen there are many times the students sit for meditation and then they go to sleep. Because they have trained their mind. Whenever the mind is quiet, go to sleep. So our mind knows only two extremes. Either the mind is multi-pointed or zero-pointed. We have to attain the mind to be single-pointed. If this can be achieved, it is for this purpose pranayama is practiced. Now there are many more aspects still remaining about pranayama that we will take in our next class. Om Purnamadaha Purnamidam Purnahat Purnamudanchade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamevavashishyate Om Shanti 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 Shanti
Hari Om Sri Guru Yo Namaha Hari Om